Welcome to Get Right for Sunday, a podcast designed to prepare you for Sunday worship and beyond. Join Pastor Wright and Vicar Leeper as they look at the issues surrounding our church, Christian life, and the world at large through the lens of Scripture. Each week, they will be guided by the upcoming passages that will be read and preached on this week, seeking to invite you into a conversation about the Word of God for you. A happy and blessed epiphany to all our listeners. I hope the new year thus far has treated you well. We are here with Get Right for Sunday. I am Pastor Wright. And I'm Vicar Leeper. And we're going to look at the readings for the second Sunday after the epiphany of our Lord, specifically the gospel according to St. John, the first chapter, verses 43 through 51. It is an interesting event. It is where Jesus starts calling his disciples. And he's going to contact Philip and Nathaniel, and he's going to show them a little bit of his divine power. And so we see the next day, Jesus is walking, and he sees Philip. Well, he found Philip. And he says, follow me. And Philip was from Bethsaida, and the city that Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And I think it's always interesting that Nazareth is always connected to Jesus. It shows where he's from. It's part of his identity. But it's it's interesting. It's not like he was born there. Right. Yeah, that's just where he lived, right. grew up, and he's, he's a good old Nazareth boy. And to be fair, there's a prophecy connected with that right. as well, as yes. well as being born, you know, in Bethlehem. But, you know, I guess you also have to remember that at the time, you know, there weren't like a lot of people walking around with last names right. like we do yeah. today. It was more, okay, who's your dad? Where's your from? Where are you from? And that's how you would like, distinguish between people oftentimes. Well, yeah, the, the family unit was much more closer, and if I knew who your father was, I'm pretty sure now I know where you come from, what you do, and, and the fullness of that. So right. it, it carried a lot of weight, and then especially the town, because now it's, okay, so that's who we're talking about. But Nazareth is real important because of Nathaniel's response to Philip. So Philip, in all his excitement, we found Jesus. We found the one that Moses is talking about, the guy that the prophets are talking about. He came from Nazareth, just like you said, as the scriptures promised. And Nathaniel, he's great. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Uh, and just to be clear to our hearers, I'm pretty sure this is sarcasm. Yes. <laughs> Nazareth doesn't have a great reputation. Apparently not. And it's not like it's a bad place, but nothing good comes out of Nazareth. It's just another place. It's a no-name place. No famous people come from there. They don't have a good basketball team. Um, <laughs> there's nothing there. So why would we expect something as big as the Messiah? to come from a no-name town like Nazareth. And Philip, and I appreciate this about Philip, he's not deterred. This doesn't shake his faith. This doesn't shake, 
oh, wait, maybe I got this wrong. He says, come and see. And I think those two statements are just huge. And the reason I think those are huge, this is a call to worship that we get to have and hold on to. If you want to know what I know about God, come and see Hmm. in worship. Come and see what we do, what we sing, what we say. How do we act when we present ourselves before God in a structured, formal way of the liturgy and the church service? But we're really looking to find God where he said he would be. Not in an omnipresent God is everywhere in creation, but he comes to forgive. He comes to remind us of his mercy, remind us of his grace, remind us that he sent Jesus. And so this come and see, I really do think is a call to worship. And it's not Philip saying, hey, Nathaniel, I have the guy that we're supposed to worship. Yeah. But it connects to that because we, we know we're supposed to worship well, Jesus. I think it's, it's also kind of interesting that Philip doesn't necessarily offer any apologetics, doesn't offer you know, argument or reason or, or proof even. Uh, he just says, you know, we found this guy, you know, come and see. Come and see for yourself. Come and take a look. Well, let, let's let's move to the future a little bit. Um, when John the Baptist is arrested and um, his disciples go and talk to Jesus, Jesus makes the statement, when you went out in the wilderness, what did you expect to see and hear? And then he explains, you know, that he is the one that's the uh, the voice in the wilderness. He's the one that's to fix the brokenhearted, you know, so on and so forth. And again, that, that, that motif of come and see and God reveals himself, but in a specific way for a specific mission, of course, salvation of all believers. So Nathaniel ends up going. I'm curious, and this is just me. Why is he curious? Is Philip persuasive enough or vague enough where, <laughs> okay, I, what would it hurt to go check out this guy? I mean, he's making he's making a pretty big claim. Right. I found the one whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote about, mm-hmm. and it's this guy Jesus from Nazareth. Like... I, I think that's enough to get my interest piqued to at least come. Like, if someone told me something like that, I'll be honest, I'd probably go check it out, even if I didn't think it was real at all. Right. Just because, you know, I'm curious enough to see, like, okay, what what's really going on here? Right. And I, I think that's real important because I don't think this work or this Nathaniel going is a work of faith. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's moved by the Holy Spirit and like, okay, yes. I really do think that it's, well, might as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not dismissive, and it's not um, he's along for the ride. I do think there's some genuine curiosity, because like you said, that's a huge claim. Yeah. And so he goes. And then as he's going, uh, Jesus makes this statement. Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. If you want me to like you, go ahead and stroke my ego. I'll, you know. <laughs> Compliment me exactly. like first first time you see me, yeah. Um, but this is an interesting thing because I think that's a huge statement. That's not just, hey, here's a good-looking guy or a nice guy or a well-dressed guy, but it's Israelite indeed. 
that's an identity statement. Mm-hmm. He is a faithful member of Israel, not just as a nation, but as a body of believers, as the ones who will receive the Christ and who Christ has come to uh, save and rescue. Well, I think I'm even more drawn to that in whom there is no deceit because that's just that's not just an identity statement. He's talking about like internally his his character. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know people that have given me some nice some nice compliments, some people that have said nice things when we first met, but no one has made like character statements about me right. when they see me for the first time. That would be, you know, insane for mm. someone to do that because how could you know what type of person I am? Right. And, and again, that's a huge statement. And it is Jesus exercising his divinity. And me personally, very much like what you just said, that would put me off. Like, who are you to say this? You, you don't know me. Mm-hmm. And why are you making that statement? And again, I love the compliment, but do you know me? Right. And we hear Nathaniel said to him, how do you know me? And again, a great question. You're making this not only identity statement, but now you're saying you know who I am as a person, a character. Yeah. How do you know me? And Jesus, when he says this, I really, in my mind's eye, I think he has a smirk. Yeah. And and it's not, you know, like, oh, I know something you don't know. But it is that I got you. Let me tell you. Uh Uh-huh. And so with a smile, and again, this is just me. I I don't know if you really did. Before Philip called you, you were under the fig tree and I saw you. This is one of, in my opinion, like one of the most mysterious sentences in yeah. the New Testament, this yeah. this statement here. When did you see me? Were, were you at the other fig tree? Were you on top of the hill? Jesus, what were you doing? And, of course, we know that Jesus knows all things. He's God. He's divine, omnipresent, omniscient, the whole nine yards. And we see that Nathaniel just takes it. He takes this answer for what it is. That this isn't just Jesus spying or Jesus, oh, I saw you over there and I knew where you came from by happen chance or or opportunity. Nathaniel answered him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Now, we we get some identity statements coming from Nathaniel. Yeah, now he's saying things. Son of God, king of Israel. Right. And these are big statements. uh, And I don't know... And and I mean this sincerely. I don't know if, oh, you saw me under the tree. You got me. Yeah. You have to be God. Um, I don't think he's making that statement. I don't think this is a a worship statement. Right. But more of like son of God in that David was called a son of God and that Israel was called a son of God. This is an important title. And it recognizes that he is, that Nathaniel is recognizing that this is who Philip said he was. The one who Moses in the law of the mm-hmm. pro- and the prophets spoke about, but it isn't necessarily like, oh, this is God's one and only Son, the divine. And I'll really agree with this specifically because I don't think the disciples get this until Pentecost. Right. They don't really connect the dots until the resurrection, and then of course the coming of the Holy Spirit. I think they see a lot of this. I think they have a lot of questions. 
they don't understand, and I won't throw them under the bus. Right. Because if I was there, I'd, well, I know for a fact, I would have a lot of questions. I can't say, oh, of course I would believe. But we, we do have a turnaround with, right. with Nathaniel. And I don't think he was hostile to Philip or no. Jesus. But I do think that he was weary. Uh, Jesus himself says, many will come in my name. And I also think he says, many have come in my name. Mm. Um, and I don't know about that. But how many times, period, have we heard the Messiah has come? Yeah. Or somebody claiming to be God in, in the full divine way. So we should question, Right. is this really the one who is revealed in scriptures, mm-hmm. the one that Moses and the prophets speak about? And for Nathaniel, I think he's starting. And I think that's a big deal because you get rabbi. That's not a minor rabbi, title. Rabbi means teacher. Right. But it is a connection. It's an honorary title. And usually as a rabbi, you're connected to a synagogue. You've gone through rabbinic school. You got your diploma from Concordia Seminary, the whole nine <laughs> yards. Um, but to immediately attach that statement, that honorary, you are teacher, and then you are the son of God. And I like how you, you put it, you know, with David being the son of God. That's not just a mere man. That That's a title. That's a position. It's the work of God in that man. Right. And it's not just, hey, you said something really neat. I'm going to follow you. You're something bigger. And and why does he do this? Because Jesus said, I saw you under the fig tree. What does that mean? You know, you mentioned, you know, is he like sneaking up? You know, I've heard it proposed that maybe, you know, Nathaniel was praying under, you know, a fig tree. And Jesus is like referring to that. I think it's got to be some kind of like almost like inside like not an inside joke, but mm-hmm. like an inside knowledge thing where Jesus, you know, tells Nathaniel something about himself by something about Jesus by telling Nathaniel something about himself, Nathaniel. Well, I, I could see that, you know, I, I like the prayer aspect or maybe he was dwelling like Simeon yeah. waiting for the consolation of the people of Israel. Yeah. And behold, he shows up. I think it's interesting. One of the things, and this is my opinion, I don't think the fig tree and this event are back to back. Oh. I think the fig tree is like early in the morning and this event is in the afternoon. So it's not like Philip went to this fig tree and got a Nathaniel, um, same yeah, day yeah. and so on and so forth. I think they're disconnected enough where well, it's not Jesus was spying. Right. Well, I'll I'll, I'll throw even more at that. This fig tree might have been years ago for all we know. Ooh. You know, this could have been like... His favorite place. You know, as a child. Yeah. As, and then like, this is complete speculation. Please, <laughs> listener, take it as nothing yes. more than that. Uh, but it, it might have even been way earlier than the morning. It might have been, you know, he had his heart broken under a fig tree. Yeah. You know, or like uh, this was where he would always go to like contemplate the word. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like who knows? But... We don't know what it means, but it meant something to Nathaniel. Something big enough where he immediately changes. Yeah. And I, I just think, like, what would that have to be for me? That's a you really know? good question. And, and I'll, I'll jump on that question and attach it back to come and see. Mm. Because that's the encounter with God. Yeah. And what are you receiving in worship? What do you come and see? 
or come and hear. And more, not more importantly, but in your reception of that, how do you take that and live? What is that changing point from this is the thing I do or the thing I should be doing to I'm doing something in participation with in response to what God has said. God hasn't spoken to me and said, hey, when I saw you sitting in that your favorite chair, <laughs> but I still come and see the work of the Lord, come and hear the work of the Lord. Um, I think that's a wonderful question. And I think it's something that we probably should dwell on, not necessarily in this podcast, but in the life of faith, especially when we're reading the scriptures. How is the Holy Spirit working to change our curiosity or even our doubt mm -hmm. to just faith, to life in the sanctified baptismal life that's been given? Yeah. I think that's a huge question. Good question. Mm -hmm. No, no, it really is. Um, because like you're pointing out, every weekend, every Sunday or Saturday, we come and see. Mm -hmm. And... Sometimes we come full of faith, you know, ready to follow, you know, wherever God will lead us. And sometimes we walk through those doors in doubt, in skepticism. But who we always meet there is Christ, mm -hmm. who knows us, who knows everything about us and cares about us and calls us to, to follow him. And I think that's why we keep coming back, because this is where Christ can be found for us. Well, and to just flow on that, uh, you got Jesus again talking to Nathaniel. Uh, he says, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. I don't know about you, but I, I would be tickled pink to see an angel. <laughs> um, I, you know, at the same time, I'd be scared because you always hear, right. fear not. If the angel has to tell you not to fear. Every single angel yeah. has to say, fear not. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a scary double-edged sword on that one. But Jesus, you know, because I said, I saw you under the fig tree, you're willing to believe. Mm -hmm. I have so much more to give you. Yeah. Um, and, and I... Again, this is me thing. I think Jesus is very upfront. I'm not just doing works for the sake of works. I'm not flexing my divinity so that right. you will see these neat tricks. I'm not a magician trying to prove right. myself to yeah. you or anything. Like, you know. And I think actually there's something here for us too. Because we talked about this as like an identity thing. Mm -hmm. That Jesus is essentially saying like, I know you. Mm -hmm. And this reminds me of all the ways that he would speak to you know, the prophets and even to David, you know, saying, you know, I knit you together in your mm, mother's womb. Yeah. Before you were born, I knew you. God makes these statements of, of knowledge of his people, but that's not the end. Right. That's just the beginning. And that's kind of how I see this with, with Nathaniel here. Uh, he's so amazed, like, this guy knows me. This son of God, this king of David knows me. And Jesus says, that's just the beginning. That's just where this starts. Oh, absolutely. And that's the, the, the really exciting part. Because, I mean, not only you'll see bigger things than this, and then makes the whole idea or the, the concept, heaven itself will open. Mm -hmm. Angels will be seen up and down. 
that, that that's phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, we all have our pictures of heaven and, and angels, but to actually have that told in a statement that you're connected to. Yeah. And going back to your identity, who can say something like that and, mm-hmm. and mean it? Well, it'd only be God himself, Jesus. And again, I, I think Jesus is making an identity statement, but he's also saying, and I think this connects to a bigger picture for Philip and Nathaniel, uh, discipleship, yeah. following. Um, if you like this, wait till you see me really at work. And it's not miracles. Yeah. It's not um, doing, the, you know, walking on water and so on and so forth. It's his teaching. It's the death and resurrection. It's his coming back and saying, peace be with you. It's his ascension. It is what he opens. It's what they receive in Pentecost. And I think that's just, again, is fascinating because they get all the dots connected. Yeah. And I, I really do think it's like, oh, that's what he means. Mm-hmm. That's what we have. And, of course, it's only after hindsight 2020, right. so on and so forth. But, again, your statement, the identity of God with us. And he is saying, I am beginning this work. Yeah. And I really like that beginning aspect because we do not have the fullness of God's work until the resurrection. Mm -hmm. And that's our true full beginning. Mm -hmm. And we're waiting for life to start, literally. And so what great joy do we have in this text? And uh, especially with the uh, discipleship, we get to follow Christ. Because he has called us, and he has called us to come and see his work yeah, in us, on us, through us, with us. And that is the joy of being the church and his people and his disciples today. This call to discipleship, yeah, it's just the beginning. Yeah. There's like so that. much more that awaits you when you follow him. His identity as Christ, your identity as his child. That's where it all starts, but that's not where it ends. And I think that's so cool. It it is. And we take great joy that it's the work of God through the Holy Spirit that we get to have this gift. And that is why we gather on the weekends. That is what Holy Cross is all about. Christ coming to us so that we will have his life here and now and in the fullness of the bodily resurrection. That was helpful. Thank you, Pastor and Vicar, for taking our questions to the scriptures. And thank you for joining us. If you have enjoyed being a part of this conversation, please share it so that others may benefit as well. And feel free to continue today's conversation by contacting Pastor Wright and Vicar Leeper at getrightforsunday at gmail.com. Services at Holy Cross Lutheran Church are 6 p.m. Saturday, and 8 and 9.45 a.m. on Sunday. That eight o'clock service is live streamed on our Facebook page and our website. Thank you. And we hope that you'll join us again next week to Get Right for Sunday.